Welcome to the 78th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the recovering Spider-Man hype addict, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, my friend. How art thou, Simon Eady? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you uh, recovering? Are you doing all right? Are you, uh, is there a post-depression um, a little bit because yeah, Spider-Man definitely. was such a good movie? Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there is. I was riding that high for a couple of days, but it came crashing down quite a bit. I, um, yeah, I started smoking crack, dude. Like I mentioned, I started smoking oh, crack and it's a different type of high. I don't really like it. Hmm. Did you wait? Did you say that on this podcast or did you say it on a closer look? Like the spoiler cast version of our podcast? Me, I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. I said it on one yeah. of them. Okay. Okay. But I'm high as fuck on crack right now, dude. <laughs> no, you're not. Whoa! But yeah, you're not right. Just to be clear, that was a joke. No, no, no. I'm not. No, I haven't smoked crack before. <laughs> They're gonna say it in a while. I don't plan to. <laughs> it's been a while since I've uh, smoked the crack. But yeah, no, not not doing crack. Don't plan to. Probably won't ever. That's fair. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. This is uh, we're recording this on Christmas Eve, which is pretty crazy. I don't know if we didn't. I don't think we got this close to Christmas for the recording last year. Mm-mm. Um. I, I, for some reason, remember recording on Boxing Day last year. That might have happened. I don't recall, but that maybe seems right. Yeah. But yeah, so we're recording this on Christmas Eve. This will not launch on Christmas uh, Eve or around that. It will launch shortly after Christmas, I think the day after Boxing Day, which I don't know if they have that in the United States. So Mm-mm. that's the 20, uh, 26th of of December is Boxing Day, which is like a, almost like Black Friday. We have like two Black Fridays in Canada. Mm-hmm. You got the Black Friday and then the day after Christmas, which is Boxing Day. And then the day after is when this launches. So this should be, if, if you're watching this or listening to this, I should say, on the day it launched, it would be the 27th of December. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I hope you all had a great Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I hope no one in your family got sick and died. That would have sucked. Y- yeah, that's... If this was if COVID didn't exist, that would be a very weird statement. <laughs> I just mm. I was just thinking about that, but I'm I'm guessing you're referencing COVID. No, I'm just saying in general. Maybe they choked yeah. on a turkey bone. Oh yeah, that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I hope nobody died in anybody's family as well. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, COVID's crazy right now in in Ontario. It's absolutely mm. nuts. It's it's just like the cases are crazy, but let's not talk about that. That's that's a morbid topic. I hate it. It is indeed. Do you uh, do you still believe in Santa Claus, there, Adrian? Simon, I got something to tell you. Oh, okay, yeah. Not only do I believe in Santa Claus, yes, but I was Santa Claus. I embraced my inner Santa Claus. Oh, did you kill him? Did you knock him off a roof and then he died and then you became Santa Claus? Yeah, yeah. Like in the hit movie Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yes, that's exactly what happened. That movie was uh, uh, based on a future, my future, actually. And um, what a just to stop for a second, what a ridiculous plotline! If you think about the concept of that, he yeah. kills Santa Claus and then becomes Santa Claus. What a weird mm-hmm. children's movie! <laughs> it's yeah, like pretty, pretty nuts. But anyway, I like that movie quite a bit. I do too. 
I do too. I have very fond memories of it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a neat idea, and I think Tim Tim Allen's great in it as well. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I watched that last year, the year before again mm. for a little trip. But um, but yeah, Simon, I I dressed up as Santa Claus. I went to a uh, family friend's Christmas dinner last Saturday. So just before like all like the 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 restrictions launched here in Canada again, or at least in Ontario. Um, and you know, my, 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 my family friend, like he just recently had a kid, his sister recently had a kid and, you know, some of their extended family was there with, with their kids, so on and so forth. A lot of kids involved. Um, and, uh, I took some pictures with these children as Santa Claus. I dressed up Wow. my, my one friend, like his baby was a little sick and, and, and sleeping upstairs. So no pictures with that baby, but maybe, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But I did p- take a picture with the one baby. Um, and then there's, there's like this young little girl. My mom just brought me, um, a piece of cake, literally just a piece of cake during my recording session. Thank you. Um, sorry, what kind sorry, of cake is it? What kind of cake, cake is it since we're doing this live? Oh, you know, like poppy seed cake. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like a Serbian kind of traditional. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick bite. You ready? What do you call that in Serbian? I'm curious. Like, I think I don't, I mean, my pronunciation is terrible, but in Croatian, it's like uh, makonjaca. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I know it more so in Hungarian as makos kalac. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's good. Yeah, my grandmother recently made uh, oranjaca, which is like the, the walnut version mm-hmm. of it. Oh, I love that. Oh. And she gave it to me. She makes it every Christmas and she absolutely loves it as well. Mm-hmm. So that when she gave it to me to take home, I was like, oh, yes, this is the greatest. It's also amazing. And I'm hoping in your case right now that when it's fresh, when it mm-hmm. just comes out of the oven, it's like divine. Oh, it's really good. It's very warm and fluffy and delicious. Is that warm and fluffy and delicious right now? Or was mm-hmm. it like, oh. No, like, it, yeah, it just came out of the oven. Like maybe like. Oh, you lucky yeah. man. You I lucky am. man. I won't eat the rest of it while we're recording. And, and anyway, for the audience, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like almost like a loaf. It's a cake loaf kind of thing with like a spiral mm-hmm. of, in this case, poppy seeds uh, with mm-hmm. like sugar and et cetera mm-hmm. inside. It's very good. It's delicious. Very good. Yes. God, I love this. Just, you get a little bit of a high, a little bit of a high because poppy seeds, you know. Yeah. Heroin. It is. You feel a little bit tired after, mm-hmm. I feel like. Is it true that. If you eat like poppy seeds and you get like a drug test right after that, it'll show up as that you you were doing opioids. Is that true? Or is that just like a myth? I don't know exactly. And I don't want to, I don't want to just say that. I, if you know the answer to this audience, write into us at spofocuspodcast.gmail.com and let us know. But I, I'm not sure. I feel like I'd have to check that. But I, hmm. you do get tired, I feel like, when you do eat the like poppy seeds though. Like I think that is a thing. It is? Because I think it's because of the, you know. The, the root of what mm-hmm. it is because that's where heroin comes from yeah true yeah i guess you're right but i'd have to check that that that's an interesting well maybe mm-hmm. it, ha- it depends on the depth of the the test but i i don't know i'm not i'm no expert i'm no doctor adrian so mm-hmm. i'm not sure fair enough not a doctor Shh. yes you are Shh. no no anyways um what were we talking about before we talked about poppy seed oh yeah yeah but yeah anyways I, I dressed up as santa claus and i took some pictures with these kids like this baby and um like my the the husband of my family like childhood family friend his like sister came with her daughter so i took a picture with her and she was like i don't know like probably like five or six okay super young girl she was like so nervous to meet santa claus yeah. and it was me i i was santa claus like I mean, did she know wait she knows you she met you before obviously well she met me that day and then like i left 
briefly. I dressed up as Santa Claus and I came back in and she's like, oh my God, it's Santa Claus. And she was like so nervous talking to me. And I was like, oh, no like, way. Want- yeah, it was really, it was really wholesome. And she made me a drawing, which was pretty cool. It's on my fridge. So you really had to sell it. Oh, I did sell it. This is my Santa Claus voice. Because like she could have just like it could have broken her belief in Santa Claus because you to her were the real Santa Claus, mm-hmm. which is a lot of pressure. I feel like. Sorry, how old is she? I don't know. Like probably like five or six. Okay, that seems like wow. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like seven's the age of reason. So maybe if she was older, a little bit older, she might have just been like, "Wait a second, I just saw this guy moments <laughs> ago." You bitch! I know who you are. Yeah, um, so I took a picture with her, and um, yeah, like, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time, and like, I was like, oh, ho, ho, um, like, Merry Christmas. Like, were you a- Oh, is that the voice? Is that the voice? Yeah. Yeah, this is my wow. Santa voice. That's incredible. Yes, and <laughs> they, they, like, I got to practice a little bit more. I just, like, I added my, like, regular mannerisms into how I spoke, so I was like, oh, what would you like for Christmas? And he's like, oh, I'm like, I want a mermaid. And I was like, oh, right on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what santa claus says but whatever to her to her that's what santa claus says so anyways are you eating right now during this podcast it's kind of a no no i'm just like picking out the poppy seeds from my mouth like i took a bite so you were eating moments ago as just to be clear while we were talking i told you i took a bite okay yeah yeah that was minutes ago that that makes sense i did just ask you if it was it was warm so that's fair that's fair Mm -hmm. yeah let me just rinse my mouth out real quick with some water Alrighty, mm. right on, right on. <laughs> yeah, so so that's good. And then uh, I'm having Christmas dinner tomorrow. So sweet, a lot of cooking involved. What are you doing for Christmas, Simon? Not too much. Like I don't have uh, family. Uh, we're not, I'm not gonna see family. Like a lot of my family is a little older, so like we don't want to take the risk. This is the worst case numbers for COVID in like a long time, and mm-hmm. it's kind of sad, honestly, because I was kind of looking forward to Christmas this year. We, we we met for Thanksgiving, but like, yeah. Um, it kind of sucks. So it's well, it's me and uh, my girlfriend. So we're 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 chilling. We're making a nice uh, nice ham and like a loaded kind of uh, potato casserole, which is going to oh. be very excited with some bacon inside, some some cheese, some green onion. So that's very nice. exciting because I love that. We've we have that like kind of every cool uh, holiday. I think we had it last for Thanksgiving and we a had potato Easter casserole. before that. But yeah, that I'm excited for. But uh, other than that, we're just kind of chilling, watching Christmas movies, you know, making gen- uh, gingerbread houses and, uh, you know, just uh, open up some gifts. Well, that sounds like fun, man. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and uh, I hope everyone listening had a very Merry Christmas. Yeah. So that's it. That's our, it for our show. Thanks, everybody. Uh, have a good night and um, yeah. Peace out. Take care, guys. Uh, that, that was your cue to say, no, no, we're not done here. We, we, one of us has got to reel us in here, Adrian. Come on, come on, bro. And that's always going to be you. That's always going to be you. Let's be real. I know that's the problem is I got to be the guy to reel us in because you just, uh, you're just a silly man. I'll just go along with anything. I know. It's unfortunate. But uh, yeah, he, he, that would have been your joke and then I reel it in. Uh, whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. It's not give or take for you, eh? give and take. It's just, uh, it's just, just take. take, take, take. It's just take. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Right, right on. on. Right on. <laughs> okay. All right, Adrian. Um, let's uh, let's start with a little uh, 
little film story, a little film excitement hype story. You love Jurassic World Dominion. Am I correct? Do you love Jurassic World? You love the Jurassic Park series. I'm not correct. I'm not. No, I'm not correct. I am correct. I am correct on that. Correct? Uh, yeah, you're correct about the second thing. I, I don't love Jurassic World Dominion because I never watched it yet, but yet. I will probably love it. Yet. I'm like pretty confident I will. So we got Colin Trevorrow, who directed Jurassic World 1, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't direct the second one, um, but he's directing this one, which actually mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of the dynamic of Star Wars movies. You got J.J. Yeah. Abrams directing Force Awakens, and then they switched it up for the second one, not necessarily as beloved. And uh, actually, that one's a weird. That's a weird one. That, I feel like that's an average movie in general. If we're gonna, if we're gonna say like from a critics and a audience perspective, well, what people thought about it, like Fallen Kingdom. Uh, exactly. Yes, Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, the J. A. Bayona film. Whereas Last Jedi, people loved on the critics side, but the other side, the audience side, it's very mixed as a bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that movie. Regardless. J.J. Abrams came back for Rise of Skywalker. Colin Trevorrow comes back for the third in this trilogy for Jurassic World Dominion. What's interesting as well is Trevor- uh, Colin Trevor- Trevorrow was going to direct the third Star Wars movie too. Yes. That's why I was connecting it too, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. And I, honestly, I wished we got to see his take because there was a, it was creative differences. I believe that's why mm-hmm. he left. And uh, we don't love Rise of Skywalker. So I, I that is something oh. that I'm very intrigued with. I would... I think I don't know if they released the script. They did. So um, a channel actually on YouTube called Mr. Sunday Movies. He actually did. I, I want to say an animated, like, like, like video based on that script that like told the story of what Colin Trevorrow was going to do. Okay. So it's quite interesting. I, I highly recommend people look that. It came out a few was years ago. Was it good in your opinion? Based on oh, definitely well, seemed better than um. What, what we got? Like whatever J.J. Abrams came out with with rise of skywalker but the the, it was interesting because i think the main thing that i didn't like about uh, colin trevorrow's script if i recall correctly is the um knights of ren had a very little part in it as well whereas like in rise of skywalker well in the other two movies uh last jedi and rise of sky uh, sorry um force awakens they talked about you know the knights of ren being these like badass group of people but they just get killed off like right away (laughs) Well, not right away, but fairly easily in Rise of Skywalker. In Trevorrow's uh, script, I think a similar thing happened. But yeah, they don't bring back um, like uh, Sidious or anything like that. They, Good. they continue on the line of like uh, Ray being um, just like, you know, a nobody as opposed to her being connected to Sidious somehow, blah, 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 blah. So who's the villain then? Um, I think Kylo Ren is, if I recall correctly. Like, oh, they just, the, just double yeah. down on that. Yeah. It's re- better than what we got, but I'm, I was again. I really did want Darth Plagueis, but it is what it is. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Actually, we saw what happened. Never mind. But um, yeah, we <laughs> we were not going to see anything. That <laughs> we, we saw it's it's awful, but um, it's happened. Yeah, it's it's happened. It's not good. But it's funny about the Knights of Ren thing because the Knights of Ren were teased by J.J. Abrams, and then he did nothing with it. It's mm-hmm. Like you'd think you would have a better plan, but they didn't have a plan. They they admitted they didn't have a plan at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. So we'll see where the rest of the Star Wars universe goes, like especially with like Bo- Book of Boba Fett coming out on the 29th. But um, mm-hmm. I, I digress. I digress. We were talking about Jurassic World. And the reason I brought this up is because Tre- uh, Colin Trevorrow, the director, talked to Empire Online. And um, he basically said that he took a photo of Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, and Sam Neill together in a Jeep. Mm-hmm. 
basically in this movie, they're bringing back the old cast and mixing it with the new, like Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. And he took a photo of the old cast, like the legacy cast in this Jeep, and he sent it to Spielberg. Basically, and I'll just read this quote here. Quote, the moment everybody shows up for the first time together, they're all packed into a Jeep, teases Trevor. And I took a photo of it and I sent it to Steven Spielberg. He got very emotional. I don't think even he was prepared for how moving it would be to see all of those characters that he loves and people that he loves looking incredible and on an adventure together, Mm -hmm. unquote. Anyway, of course, for those who may not know, Steven Spielberg initially directed the first Jurassic Park movie. He's the one who started that franchise from the beginning. That that's that to me makes me way more excited than I've been about a Jurassic Park movie mm-hmm. in a while, to be honest, because I'm not a huge Jurassic Park fan. I'm wondering what you think. I, this makes me very excited. Again, Jurassic World Dominion's probably my most anticipated movie of next year. I, I just straight up can't wait. The Batman, love, man. The Batman. Uh, like, I'm excited for that one. Don't get me wrong. But again, Jurassic, I just Jurassic Park has such a special place in my heart. OK, like I love those movies. I love dinosaurs. I just lo- I love. I just figured you forgot about the Batman. But yeah, that's fair. You you were just yeah. a. Just a big kid. Just a big kid. Yeah, I'm just a big kid, baby. So I, I don't know. I'm very excited for this. And yeah, just the idea that that main cast is coming back. I have so many fond memories of like the Jurassic Park movies. And uh, I watched them all the time when I was younger. I, again, I, I'm just very in love with that cast of characters. And I really love the cast, the new cast of characters, too, that were, that were introduced in the Jurassic World movies. Like I think Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt's chemistry are uh, or is very great. And, you know, I really like their characters. I'm glad they got rid of those two kids in the sequel movie. I hope they don't bring them back. Like uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for this. It's interesting too. like the second movie, the, the, there's something about it. I feel like I was almost irresponsible to the way they did it and that mm. they brought back Jeff Goldblum and they teased him in the trailer and they barely used him at all. And it seemed like it was almost a slight really against Jurassic Park fans because you're just basically doing this to get you to sell tickets, like to get Mm -hmm. theaters to sell tickets so you can sell more tickets at the box office. And it just seemed cheap. So I'm kind of – yeah, I'm excited to see those those main cast members in Mm -hmm. it more. That would be the main thing. But I think that because they're bringing them all back, I think we are going to see them more. But we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm stoked, baby. I'm so stoked. Indeed. We've got um, we've got some show corrections from uh, to correct Split Focus, a film and TV podcast from last episode. I think mm-hmm. it was just last episode, episode seventy seven. You, I think it was you. I think you said two things that you need to you need to you know set the record straight on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian, do you want to take this away? Yeah. So um, the one thing that I want to correct is we were talking about Blue Beetle. Well, I guess one of two things I want to correct. We were talking about Blue Beetle and, um, you know, him getting uh, or moving from HBO Max to getting an official like theatrical release movie. And then I mentioned like Blue Beetles usually with some other guy um, like they they have like a team up. And I, I was like, it's gold something. That character's name is Booster Gold. Right. To clarify. So Booster Gold is the guy that partners up with Blue Beetle on occasion. Um, yeah. So-, so Blue Beetle, by the way, is a DC hero mm-hmm. um, that they're adapting into a movie. Yeah. If you're not aware. I'm not aware. Not you, the audience. Oh, okay. I am aware. I know you should be aware. We literally talked about it last week. I forgot already. Forgot already. That makes uh, no sense. But uh, uh, yeah, that, that's, that was one of the corrections. And then the other correction, Miss America. I'm very confused. What's that? Oh, Miss America. That's a mistake you made on A Closer Look. 
So, oh, so just okay. to be clear, we last uh, last week we launched a couple episodes. One was our closer look, and that spoiled Spider-Man: No Way Home. We were going mm-hmm. into spoilers. We were talking about it in detail. We're not going to spoil anything on this show. Episode seventy-eight. Any of the numbered episodes are not going to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But we can talk about this now because so at the end of Spider-Man: No Way Home, at the very end, there's a last end credit scene, which is basically just the trailer for. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse in the Multiverse of Madness. It's just the trailer, which actually is awesome in that they did this years ago and they might have done it a couple other times, but I think it was at the end of Thor, they tri- they teased the trailer for Avengers. No, it was the end of uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. So that, that happened and they kind of did that here with uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness at the end of, at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. Anyways, the point is on a closer look, and you, I feel like this is inside baseball of our podcast. If you mm. listen to the A Closer Look episode because you had already watched Spider-Man No Way Home, Adrian says that the he sees Captain Carter in the trailer, mm-hmm. which that did not happen. And I watched it again looking for Captain Carter, and I did not see her. Yeah. But we do see somebody, and it is Adrian as listed on the page. A character called Miss America, who uh, I don't know much about. I'll be honest with you. But um, you can understand my slight confusion. There's like a there's a scene where she's like wearing a like jeans jacket. She's walking. You see, you only see the back of her head. And I was like, oh, maybe that kind of looks like Peggy Carter. And you, you have that the the star on her. So I was like, oh, maybe that's uh you know Peggy Carter because we like uh, we talked about how in that trailer as well. There's um some characters from What If in there. Uh, well, one character in particular, Evil Doctor Strange or whatever. And um, I was like, oh, I think there was also like Captain Carter. I was wrong about that. It is it is a character named Miss America who I know little to nothing about. But that um, character is played by a woman named uh, Zocatil Gomez. Oh, I butchered the shit out of that. I'm glad you said it because I didn't know how to pronounce her name. Yeah. It's X-O- we didn't announce actually. We talked about this on the montage for sure that, that yeah. she was cast. That actress was cast as Miss America. We did talk about that like, we, I don't know, mm-hmm. months ago, I think. Let's do the hit segment of our show. How do you pronounce that name? Yeah, I'm super curious. Sochil Gomez. Sochil Gomez. Pretty cool name. Okay. Pretty cool name. Sochil Gomez. Anyways, it doesn't look like Captain Carter, though. I have to say to you. I, I, I didn't see her, and when I talked about it in a closer look, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm like, I'm just going to trust you here. But she's wearing a Dean jacket, okay? Why would Captain Carter be wearing a jean jacket? It's just with a star in the back. It just seems unlikely. It's stylish, Simon. It's stylish. That's why she would be wearing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it's not her. So that <laughs> that's a correction. Anyways, that, that's a mistake we both made together. Yeah, sure. I know. Because my mistakes are your mistakes. Your mistakes are my mistakes. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay, Adrian. Cool. I think we're good. I think we set the record straight on that, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian, what have you been watching this week? What what things have you been watching? Shows, films, Ooh. movies? So, Simon, I watched a few things this week. Mm. And I will start with the best of them. Okay. And that is Arcane, the League of Legends show that's been released on Netflix. It's the League of Legends animated show, um, Netflix original Um and it's uh, really great. It uh, came out, um, I think, week to week, like th- in three episode chunks, because uh, each arc, I guess, is about three episodes. It's a nine episode in total like show. And it's uh, really freaking good. 
I I absolutely adore this show. And critics, I think, as well as audiences agree with me. I think it's still a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes for like a critic score. And I think, you know, the audience score is like a 90 something. So people are really loving it. And um, as someone, again, that doesn't really know much about League of Legends whatsoever, it does an amazing job kind of just bringing you in and making you very invested with all the characters. Haley Steinfeld is actually uh, one of the main characters in the show. Like she plays uh, Vi, um, which is super interesting. Again, I feel like this year, like Haley Steinfeld has been in a bunch of stuff. Um, Well, not necessarily this year, but just in general, like she's, She's becoming huge, not only with um, the Marvel stuff with Hawkeye that she's in, but again, this show, she was also into or in into the Spider-Verse a couple of years ago. She'll obviously be in the sequel. Um, she was in that Bumblebee movie. Like she's uh, she's becoming huge in the past few years, which is really awesome to see. And I think like her voice acting in this is top tier. It's phenomenal. I honestly every once in a while you're like watching a movie or uh, like an animated movie or playing like an animated game. And you're like, Oh, I know exactly who this voice is. And you can like kind of, you know, just pick it immediately. Uh, I had a, I could not see her in it. And that actually goes with every single person, uh, like in the voice cast. Um, they are those characters and it's so very clearly just no holds barred. Like they, they did such an amazing job with this entire series. The animation style is absolutely stellar. Like it's arguably the most beautiful animation I've seen in forever. Like, honestly, I just love this animation style. Um, it's this weird, like mix of almost like cell shading, this weird mix of like 2d with 3d. Like it's, it's incredibly, um, well animated. And, uh, I don't, think i've really seen any other animation style like this which is super cool um and uh yeah the story just goes in some very interesting ways again as someone that isn't into league of legends uh but just you know kind of you know down to watch a good story this is exactly what that is you know um it follows it like a lot of like politics going on this the, the main cast of characters that you follow originally are in like this undercity above uh this one city that is ruled by, you know, a bunch of rich and posh people. And, you know, there was essentially a genocide that happened with a lot of like the poor people being like pushed down into the undercity. And there's this very um, delicate sort of relationship. These two, you know, colonies, I guess, have that are uh, so close to one another. Um, Bit of a class and, war. Yeah, exactly. Like a class war. And it always feels like war is about to break out, but they have like, you know, just Paul, like, these internal politics, the leaders of the two, um, you know, colonies uh, are like, you know, working together to make sure nothing breaks out and nothing goes bad. But obviously things start going bad relatively quickly in the show. And it takes you on a wild ride full of twists and turns and they continuously add new characters and aren't afraid to kill off characters either. And I was, uh, I was incredibly impressed by this. And if you are a fan of just, you know, animated TV in general, but just a really awesome, like badass story with hyper, like stylized violence, uh, it kind of reminds me of Invincible in that way. Different animation style, but, you know, there, there's some <laughs> some very intense violence in Invincible. And there there's the same thing in this show. Um, and it's like R-rated, I guess, um, the TV version of R-rated, which I guess is mature. You know, they're dropping F-bombs and stuff like that. Uh, so it's not necessarily something for children, but 
again, I think this show is uh, one of the best things I've watched all year. And I'm very, mm. very excited for season two. They have confirmed it. The where where the show ends is uh is I guess like a pretty big like moment where I want to know what happens next. It's a fairly significant cliffhanger. And again, every moment of the show, I just never knew where it was going to go, which is something I really love about it. Um, and I was consistently surprised. And anytime I was watching it, it was my eyes were glued to the screen because I didn't want to miss a single like frame of animation going on. And it's so good, man. I, I really recommend this. I think even you would enjoy it, Simon. Like uh, I know you like, um, you know, like animated stuff in general, but you appreciate good television. And uh, no, actually, I don't. Yeah, you don't. Oh, and that that's my sense. time, guys. Um, have a good week. I'm gonna. I'm starting a video game podcast next week. So, oh. uh, Adrian, it's been nice knowing you because we don't talk outside this podcast. Goodbye. Never have, never will. Never have, never will. Are we just ending it here? All right, take care, guys. Bye now. You never reel it back in. You just don't reel it. All right. No, I'm not leaving. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. All right. You're supposed to say, no, no, come back. Don't leave. That's what you're supposed to do. Don't no. leave me, dad. Whatever. Whoa. Whoa. What are we? What kind of issues are we dr- <laughs> <laughs> drudging up here? I, I'm not quite sure, but uh, let's, uh, let's, go, let's go back into some more lighter fare. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I watched episode one of uh, Arcane, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, I do appreciate it quite a bit. I think the animation is beautiful, and I can see where you're talking about that violence kind of thing. There's that fight scene in that episode that's very uh, stylized and uh, brutal and i love mm-hmm. it it's almost very comic booky in its nature the, mm-hmm. i i i'm kind of surprised on how great the animation is and how unique it is and unique it is and how i can't really place it too i, I don't know why i can't place that i maybe just mm-hmm. haven't seen enough animated movies and, and tv shows but uh yeah no it's brilliant and i i, I actually loved league of legends for a long time in my life i played it for years with uh, my university friends and uh, in the my, my my household kind of thing. I think I might have said this a couple episodes back. And one of the things I really loved about League of Legends was the lore and the fact that they made these cinematic trailers for these, some of these characters to introduce them and to make you kind of feel more invested into their stories. Because the League of Legends is really like an arena kind of game where you're mm-hmm. playing on teams, but there's very little story. It's... Um, it's kind of repetitive in its nature, but you're just playing five on five teams and you're going head to head with each other. And there's nothing, nothing really by way of story that you're really diving into. But those cinematic trailers always kind of drew me in a lot more and made me feel more invested in the characters and um, what, what character you end up playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that that first episode was amazing. I just haven't had the time to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just actually, it's funny. I finished half of it yesterday or something two days ago. <laughs> I, I watched half of it on break at work and then I went home and I was like, hmm, I feel like some raisin bread with butter and uh, and arcane. So that's what I, so I watched the end of that episode. Yeah, fair enough. That that seems like a good mix. I don't really like raisins though. Yeah, that's fair. And there's something about that. Uh, it's like that raisin cinnamon bread. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's just toasted and you just spread, you know, some margarine or butter. Even better. I'd rather just get cinnamon bread, no raisins. Hold them. It is cinnamon bread, but the the raisins add like the extra texture. I don't know the extra kick of of nah. They add some texture too, but it's the extra t- kick of like sweetness that I mm. appreciate. But anyway, I digress. This isn't about raisin bread. This is about arcane, and and <laughs> I really like the first episode, so I will continue. Sorry, how many episodes? Ten. Nine. So oh. the, yeah, they're released week to week. Um with like three episode chunks. And then each three episode is kind of an arc right. that ends. And um, 
but uh, yeah, again, it's it's very well worth watching. I, I watched it over the course of, I guess, I guess about two weeks, give or take a bit. Uh, just because, it's, yeah, it's been really busy. I haven't had much time. That's fair. It's that time of year for retail, man. You know how it is. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, for sure. But I love it. Yeah. It. Uh, so speaking of nine episodes, another show that has nine episodes, which is a very odd episode number, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And it's just when you said nine, I was like, oh, that's weird. Because I just watched, I just finished watching the nine episodes. What if again? Sorry? What if again? That had nine episodes. You're saying I watched What If again? Yeah. No. I watched Avenue 5, <gasps> which is the HBO show with Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad. Did you see any trailers for that there, Adrian? Oh, yeah. that That's the show about, like, they're on, like, a spaceship or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were going to continue from there, but yeah, yes. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, it's a, it's a spaceship, and Hugh Laurie basically plays the captain of the spaceship, and uh, Josh Gad plays somebody named Judd. And basically Judd is this billionaire guy who's like this face of this company called Judd Galaxy. And they launched this – it's like a space cruise that they just – they charge like exorbitant exorbitant amount of money for to for you to be on the space vacation. And uh, and something goes awry. And it's uh, – there's literally a character named Karen who's a Karen, literally. Mm. And it's uh, quite entertaining to see the dynamic with with Karen. Some of the actors I'm not super familiar with. Karen is played by uh, Rebecca Front. We also got Andy Buckley in there who plays Karen's husband, Frank. And Andy Buckley, if you're not aware, is uh, he plays uh, David Wallace in The Office. And I haven't oh. seen him in much, but honestly, I kind of love him and everything he's in. It's just I feel like he does a great job. And then, speaking of The Office, we got Zach Woods, who is also amazing in everything he's in. And he's yeah, always this awkward, weird guy. Always. And he does such a good job with that in Silicon Valley and in The Office. And I love him in this too, but he's just such a – he. I, I, I wish – it honestly seems like his character should just die at some points in the show because he's just so bad at his job. <laughs> but he's just also awesome and intriguing and unique. And I, I love the show, honestly. I think it's – it's frustrating at times because characters do really stupid things, but it's it's not I don't know. It's it's not frustrating in a way like um characters do stupid things in like Invasion, as I've yeah. talked about. Or in the show C, the Apple TV Plus show C. But I, I think that uh, it's really funny, Adrian, and I think you would really like it. It's yeah. um I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, it's got some of the alumni in terms of the writers and producers from Veep. Oh, and oh, so sweet. I think the showrunner is a writer on Veep as well. Veep is, of course, the uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus TV series where she plays the vice president of the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, that's an amazing show. And honestly, this show's got some really good talent on, like, on board, and it's just it is really funny. It's just it, episode eight was. I legitimately, I, I love it so much. It was amazingly shocking and I, I love it. I think this show overall worth the watch for sure. And I think you'd really enjoy it. This is the half hour comedy too. So like, it's not that much of an investment. So I think that that alone is great. I think HBO, whenever they have these half hour comedies, they excel at them, especially because they're very gritty mm-hmm. and they've got really good, again, really good writing, and everything like that. But it's just like, you can say the F word. You don't have to worry about that you don't have to worry about that in being like a network show or whatever. And yeah. I think that just, it's, it's just the, it, it just develops so ridiculously throughout the show though. It's just some, the most ridiculous things happen over and over again. And uh, yeah, I'm a fan for sure. I'm excited for season two. I don't know when that's actually coming out, but they, I think they're in production or something for mm. that. So 
Yeah, because yeah. it was he, renewed like shortly after that show aired, I, if I recall correctly. I believe so. It's not super well-reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes, so there is that, I guess. But mm. again, I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. I will definitely be watching season two. Well, that's good. I was pleasantly surprised. But uh, I really love Veep, so the fact that there's a lot of the same kind of writers mm-hmm. – uh, between both, Hugh Laurie is also in Veep as well. So that I guess yeah, I was just gonna say, I guess that's where that connection is there. Yep. Hugh Laurie is also fantastic in this show. It's ridiculous. It's it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's so ridiculous. Anyways, uh, I, I hope you watch it because I want I kind of want to talk to you about it. But anyway, um, maybe I'll give it a looky look. That's fair. Anything else you watched this week, Adrian? Um, I also watched other than the obvious. Because we both watched the same one of the same things anyway. Um, the one more like one more thing I watched, which is I guess three movies that I watched is um, Matrix two, three and the new one for Resurrections or whatever it's called. I forget the name. It's like Reloaded Resurrections, Re- Revelations and Re- whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I watched those movies. I watched the first Matrix like within the past year, maybe 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 late last year. I don't really remember. I thought Matrix, like the Matrix, again, I didn't grow up on this, so I didn't have any of that, like n- those nostalgia points. I thought it was like pretty good. Like it's, uh, I enjoyed it enough for what it was. And, you know, it's obviously a product of its time. It didn't age particularly well in terms of its CGI and action, but it was still an enjoyable watch. And I watched the second and third Matrix movie, and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I do not like those movies. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I watched, you know, Matrix two and three leading up to this new one because a friend of mine, she wanted to go watch it um, and didn't really have anyone to go watch it with. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go. And then I, I watched the second and third. And yeah, again, I, I just don't like those movies. <laughs> I just don't think they hold up particularly well. There's, you know, an action scene um, in like the second one, which is like a highway, like like chasing. I think that was the second one, at least. And it was like pretty cool. That actually like held up surprisingly well. And I was thinking oh this kind of reminds me of the um like uh, unreal engine 5 like demo they just released on playstation 5 which i gave gave it a try but all i was kind of thinking of like that unreal engine 5 gameplay on the playstation 5 literally looks better than the movie in a lot of ways unreal engine 5 audience is a uh is an engine, a game engine developed by Epic Games. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's what a lot of games run on. Well, not Engine Five, but Engine Four, Three, and yeah. Two. Apologies to Ken for talking about video games. And Unreal Engine Five is the newest addition that they've mm-hmm. been advertising to many developers, and many games will be built with going forward. Yes, but um, yeah, again, I'm not going to really dive too deep into the Matrix storyline, um, just because if yeah, if you- yeah. If you watch it, you probably know it. And if you haven't, you probably don't really care too much. I haven't watched the second two movies. I've watched the first one and I just never got around to the second (laughs) two because they weren't honestly that well reviewed. But yeah. And uh, again, I don't think they're great. But Simon, this fourth movie. You love it. I really do. I I think this movie is awesome. I quite like it. And this is coming from someone that's not a huge Matrix fan. And it seems to be like fairly polarizing, like online. I think some people are either thinking it's the worst fucking thing ever or it's like really great. And I'm on the side of like, I think it's pretty like pretty damn great. I really enjoyed it. It it was very different from the other Matrix movies. And they kind of double down on the love story aspect that they, you know, set up in the Matrix. But the first like, I want to say half hour to 45 ish minutes of the, of this new matrix movie is incredibly just like meta commentary on like the other movies. And, you know, it's essentially about uh, like Keanu Reeves character, uh, Thomas Anderson, not being able to differentiate whether the, um, the other matrix movies actually happened and whether or not they're fact or fiction. Um, 
And it, it's it's a very interesting sort of direction the, the movie goes. Um, I believe uh, in the trailer it shows that like there's another version of Morpheus that shows up and gives, you know, Thomas Anderson um, – the, the option to either, you know, like figure out like whether or not this reality that he is living in is is real or not. And it almost That's seems by um, Mateen, too. Abdul Mateen. Yeah. Ma- yeah. Abdul Mateen, too, um, who does an amazing job in this movie as well. And so does. Uh, oh, what's her name? Forget her name. She plays Colleen Wing in Iron Fist. She's fantastic. Uh, Jessica Henwick. Yeah. Jessica Henwick. She's phenomenal in this movie as well. Arguably my favorite character in this movie, actually. Um, Actually, I think it would be Mateen the second. Have we have been saying Mateen two the whole time? Yeah, we it have. Seems been. kind of foolish. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> we just say realized it. that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how we've been doing that for like every time we've talked about him, whether it be in like uh, a Candyman or what have you. But anyway, apologies but, to yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen the second. I guess. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Yeah, he does a yeah he does a great job, and I think Jessica Henwick's character might actually be my favorite. She plays a character named Bugs or whatever, and kind of where that goes is is super cool. And again, they they really doubled down on the love story aspect, and I'm kind of a sucker for love stories, and it was just not something I expected whatsoever. And it again not only does like a lot of meta commentary on those other Matrix movies, but I think this is a amazing you know moment for like Lana Wachowski to shine um, and have her name uh, attached to the matrix movie now. Um, whereas, uh, cause I was rewatching the matrix uh, again, those other matrix movies and it, and they end with like directed by the Wachowski brothers and that's not who they are. Um, so it, it was, I think it must be an amazing moment for her. And I'm like super happy about that. It, it's like a, like a feel good thing. And yeah, I, I just think it's, it's, it's really great. And it, and I, it's hard to kind of talk about this movie without really diving into spoilers because I was not necessarily on the edge of my seat, but I kept on being surprised at the direction the movie just kept on deciding to go. And it was, uh, it was very well done, and I really liked it. However, many people think that it's a total mess and that it's not good. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, it, it seems like the Wachowskis, like they kind of have that – I don't know. A lot of the movies they make are kind of polarizing, not loved, but they don't. Yeah. Polarizing would be the best word. Like I love cloud Atlas. I love it, but literally I've never seen, I don't think I've ever been in a movie where more people like a movie theater where more people walk out of the theater like midway. Mm. I swear that happened. And it happened to my brother. He mentioned it as well when he saw it first in theaters, he noticed that that happened when he was watching too. If I recall correctly, it was many years ago, but uh, I love Cloud Atlas though, and I really love Sense Eight, and I did like the first Matrix movie. I just, I don't know, I just uh, because of the reception of the second two, and you just said it, like they're not amazing. Yeah, that I don't know. I just didn't have the instinct to go back. And um, but anyways, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, based on how you're talking about Resurrections, I kind of want to watch, Man. watch them, but we'll see. Yeah, it, it honestly might be my favorite of the Matrix movies, which is probably blasphemous to a lot of people, but. I just think the action holds up a lot better, obviously, because it's modern day as opposed to coming out like 20 years ago. And I just think the story just goes, does some very interesting things. And I love like sort of meta commentary and um, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I I think the acting from everyone's top tier. um, And yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I really like this movie. I think it's, it's quite awesome. Fantastic. But again, I'm not a matrix super fan or anything like that. I'm, I'm pretty impartial to the to those other movies. So, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. 
Shall we talk about a Hawkeye, Adrian? Disney Plus show, Hawkeye. Yeah. We both watched to the end. So there was only six episodes of Hawkeye. It's over now. It's done. We're not going to spoil it here. But we will actually spoil it on a Closer Look episode, which is, again, a bonus episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, where we dive into specific things like Spider-Man No Way Home. And in this case, we'll go into Hawkeye, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm planning on releasing it on kind of like Friday of, uh, of this week. It's like, I guess, five days after this particular episode mm-hmm. airs, but uh, we'll see. And um, because it's Christmas season. But uh, other than that, uh, what did you think of Hawkeye by the end of it, Adrian? Did you like the way the direction the show went? And uh, again, it's wrapped up. It was great in that it was a Christmas movie. It was cool that it was very mm-hmm. Christmas themed and it's timed very well with Christmas too. Uh, but what did you think of it overall? Uh, I think overall, I I like this show. I think it's pretty good. Um, But I do think there were some creative choices in the last episode that left me a little bit disappointed. And it kind of made me think that these like Disney Plus shows, other than Loki, don't seem to stick the ending. Because I I feel a similar way to how I felt about WandaVision, whereas I freaking love WandaVision. But that last episode just felt kind of rushed and messed and There are so many things that were set up that weren't really, you know, acknowledged or just these a bunch of red herrings that were just blah, just kind of put out there. And, you know, like in hindsight, I don't think of WandaVision all that fondly anymore. And as a whole, I didn't really love um, Captain Falcon and the Winter Man. And again, I think that last episode is just not good either. Um, So like in terms of the four shows that have come out, Hawkeye's probably my second favorite after Loki, realistically. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's one, it's one creative choice in particular that really left a bad taste in my mouth, which I'm, I hate to admit that it kind of almost sours the rest of the show for me um, because it's a relatively minor like thing, but at the same time, it was just big enough to kind of annoy me. Is it minor? Well, the issue is, is like the, the thing that they do that I didn't like isn't necessarily acknowledged like i'm kind of assuming what they're doing with it and i hope i hope what i think what they're doing is not it i i'm it's we're hard talking to say. so vaguely we're yeah. going to talk about it again with spoilers uh, later on like not yeah. in the show but again in that extra bonus episode so i know what you're saying but i think there's more of an impact based on the way they've mm-hmm. done it and and i and we'll talk about that but yeah i, I agree with you there is a moment in episode 6 that kind of spoils the show and that spoils it that's a weird way to say that it mm-hmm. kind of ruins the show for me a little bit yeah. like i really loved it up until that point honestly i think they had a, a good thing going uh, mm-hmm. for them but the truth is you're right they don't stick the landing and i think the problem with the way they've done these shows is they're very much filler i don't know why they're only doing 6 episodes at this point i think that they they are not diving into anything deep enough and that's mm. something that, uh, again, we'll discuss a little further. But uh, Loki, I find, did it uh, did it pretty well. They did, they handled the time that they had, the mm-hmm. allotment of six episodes pretty well. I feel like they didn't introduce too many characters by off more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. I think they bit off more than they could chew, honestly. I think that they didn't have the time and they didn't have the time to develop. And they're, it's, it feels like filler and very surface is mm-hmm. the way I would describe the show. And the reason why I loved it so much in the beginning is because it had so much potential. And I, I thought, wow, they're building up to this great thing. They keep building up, building up, building up. But by the time they get to the finale, they've built up so much that they have nothing at the end. They couldn't have – they didn't have time. They didn't have time to mm-hmm. finish it. And all these plot threads are kind of just dangling 
they kind of just like fizzle out on like mm-hmm. a, a weird frayed frayed thread. It's just not, um, yeah, it's not developed enough, and uh, it's disappointing. They did yeah. one thing amazing, and I think um, that's kind of undeniable. I feel like the relationship between Clint Barton and Kate Bishop is very well done. And there's certain I agree completely aspects in the, of that that are just brilliant. And Clint Barton, of course, played by Jeremy Renner, and uh, as you t- talked about her earlier in Arcane, Haley Steinfeld plays uh, Kate Bishop. Uh, Kate Bishop, and and they're just so good. The dynamic is so good, and the, I was watching that relationship is fantastic. And that's the best part of the show for me. Mm-hmm. But I think that other parts are just oh yeah, I don't know. I I, I wish they did a better job. But uh, mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, like, uh, Hawkeye with special guest star Linda Cardellini is kind of average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough for me. But uh, Linda Cardellini's, by the way, great in it. I know, I love her. Yeah, I actually love her. <laughs> like everything she's in, like from Freaks and Geeks when she's so young to everything else she's been in, um, yeah. like Dead to Me on Netflix, which is a phenomenal show as well. God, I love. I, I did find it weird to be honest, though. Mm-hmm. Again, with guest star Linda Cardellini, I, I don't really quite understand. <laughs> than that she's well, in every episode yeah that, that was my confusion as well because i'm like oh like she's only going to be in it like at the beginning and maybe at the end but no like she's literally in every episode and i was like yeah uh. i've decided it's it's now hawkeye with special guest star linda cardellini from now on that's a good one i like that yeah, yeah. it's because it, i can't I, I just can't believe it it's in the credits there's like characters who are not in the show really at all and their names just in the credits mm-hmm. and i was like what well, what's happening here like why are you why are these actors in the credits, which her name is with special guest star? I guess with special guest star is kind of almost like an honor in a way because yeah. you get the – you read more so you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> but I just like – I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. It's just a very unusual. But uh, yeah. Anyway, my point is because of the way it ends and the way that it goes. And I think I think, uh, I think it's obvious and it, especially the way that it's shown on Disney Plus. They are doing a second season. So like, I think that's – happening I, I don't think it was announced but i think based on it saying season one on disney plus it seems like that's happening we'll see yeah but did, but, did wandavision and captain falcon and the winter man also say season one though because at I don't the end know. of loki i think they officially i got the vibe though yeah I, I don't know if you got that vibe i don't know like it's weird they leave it in an interesting place because they announced like the echo tv show and i'm like are they just going to continue some of these plot threads in that show and then not bring it back for a second season. I would like them to. Yeah. Because again, there's a lot of potential, but they didn't specifically say they were doing a season two. And again, with Loki, since it came out just before this, at the end of Loki, it literally says like season two of Loki's coming or something along right. those lines. So that's yeah. the only thing where I'm like, maybe they're not. Like maybe they're gonna do a movie. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I don't know that it leaves a lot in the air, which is which is a little bit worrisome. But I, I again, I think what you said about Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld, like their their chemistry is top tier. I really like it. Um, I think Tony Dalton in the show is awesome. I really, I really like mm. his mustache, and mm. uh, he's amazing mm. in Better Call Saul. So just cool to see him in this show. He sure is amazing in Better Call Saul. I can agree with you there. And uh, I really like Vera Farmiga as well. I think she does a great job in the show, although I feel almost she was a little bit underutilized. And to be fair, I guess Tony Dalton a bit too. Who wasn't? Yeah. The only people that I think get a good amount of screen time is is obviously um, yeah, Haw- Hawkeye and uh, Haley Steinfeld, like Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. Even the dog doesn't get much play after being introduced, which I was kind of annoyed about. Pizza dog. Love pizza dog, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's another good plus for – for the show, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 
Yeah, man. I don't know, man. That's uh, it's, it's, uh I'm gonna say I don't love it. I'm not, I don't yeah. love it, and I, I really, I, I gotta say, just, just do eight episodes, do ten episodes. It's just this is not enough. You're not doing enough. You're just doing. It's like, are you just building up so that you can make the movies? Like, I don't get it. Is this, is this just advertisement for the Marvel Cinematic Universe films? Mm-hmm. It feels like that's what this is at this point. Because I, I don't, I. Here's what I'm gonna say. The best Marvel show that has ever come to light so far, like if we're just looking at the grand mm. scheme of things, we've got lots of things. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've got Jessica Jones. We've got um, Daredevil. We've got, obviously, Loki, Captain America and the Winter Man. We've got, um, uh, of course, we've got WandaVision. The best show by far. There the is Inhumans. no question about this. Yes, Inhumans. The yeah. really, really high quality show that was also in theaters. Mm. That's, wow, what a, what a show. Which cannot be part of the MCU. I don't think it is. Anyway, no, definitely not. Uh, but anyway, bottom line, the best one by a long shot is Daredevil. Yeah, I don't even think there's a question. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think there needs to be. Each of those seasons is very good. The second season falters just a little bit, but honestly, those three seasons are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the shows, actually, the Netflix shows are. I think I may. I may. I, I could make an argument that a lot of them are better than what Disney Plus has put out. Honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. After season two of Jessica Jones, I'm like, fuck, this is awful. But uh, I do like Luke Cage quite maybe, a bit. But the first season is one of the, maybe one of the best shows that they've mm-hmm. launched, though, that first season. It's unbelievable with David Tennant as the purple man. Like, it's just unbelievable. So you got like, sure, the quality kind of faltered. That's why I say Daredevil is for sure, because mm-hmm. Daredevil just didn't really falter. Even though it changed showrunners midway through, it still did an incredible job to a point where the acting, the, the writing, the directing – very very good the fight choreography pretty much better than every one of these series oh easily honestly yeah easily like well, one thing i'll say i shouldn't go too deep because i'm not gonna spoil anything but i just feel like we were gonna talk about this on the closer look the fight scenes are amazing sometimes and the way they're shot is really really good but i have to say i do not understand whether Haley steinfeld's kate bishop is good at mainly fighting or bad at it i, I don't have- know I agree. I, I don't understand. Why don't I know that? Why Why don't you have a consistency this way? I know she's good at archery, and I think you're about to agree with me. But yeah, it's interesting because yeah, it it seems like she's good at fighting for the like it's literally plot convenience a lot of the time, which is a little bit of annoying. She's either really good at some points, which at one point in particular, especially in this last episode, I'm like, this makes no sense. There should be a hierarchy. In any yeah. of these shows, they should know who's better than another. Mm-hmm. Like in Daredevil, it's clear. And he fights like some pretty crazy – it's almost like boss fights in Daredevil mm-hmm. season one. Yeah. I just remember so fondly those boss fights. And you know he's going up against something, something re- somebody really hard to fight. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell in this series. I could tell that Clint Barton is really pretty much better than everybody else. And that makes sense. He's an Avenger. Yeah. I think. But even that, like, I, hard to even know. that, he, he does get his ass kicked quite a bit by just some, like, random thugs on occasion. Makes like, no he, sense. He still wins, but it's like... I know. You you fought Thanos. You're an Avenger. Yeah, you're a fucking Avenger, man. You I know. killed a bunch of aliens, and you're being beaten up by, like, three dudes wearing tracksuits. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Who are joking about freaking, like, uh, One Republic or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm joking. They were joking about Imagine Dragons. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, Imagine but, Dragons uh, sucks. Oh yeah, actually, that's one thing I want to add about Arcane. Imagine Dragons is a, is the theme song. Yeah, it's a bad theme song. I don't like it. No, I like the theme song. I, I like it. I, why do people hate Imagine Dragons so much? Because it's just What's I don't like that? their sound. There's something about it that just I don't know. It's, they sounds just not good. 
I don't really like it. The problem with them, I think, is that they sound too similar for every for many of their songs. Not yeah. all of them, but a lot of them are similar. And that's kind of why I think people don't like Nickelback. Yeah. But, oh, good call out. Yeah. It's a Nickelback syndrome. But that's kind of why, though, I think. It's because they're so similar. But if you look at it, like the hero song from Nickelback for the first Spider-Man movie, like people really like that song. It's just, as they went on, it seems like they're just kind of making the same song over and over again. It's not mm-hmm. like, I don't know. As, like a band that does an incredible job of being like very different is like the Beatles. Like you mm-hmm. kind of can't, each album is like, whoa, they've, they've, they've done like some crazy stuff, but some bands just kind of do the same song over and over again. And I feel like that's Imagine Dragons problem, but I don't know. I kind of like that theme song and I like that, that intro. I only yeah. watched it once, mind you. I only watched the first episode. So yeah, I kept on Maybe I'll hate it. it as I go. I, I watched it the first time and then I was like, I'm going to skip it every single time now. Right. Yeah. Arcane does some odd music choices on occasion where I was like, hmm, I don't know why you guys are doing this. But other than that, it's really good. So conclude on Hawkeye. They got to get the details right a little bit better now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if it's getting a little sloppy over there at Marvel. I'm not sure. But the the shows are just the details again, especially because of the fight choreography, specifically in Daredevil. Like, I think that they got to look at that. Like, they've got to take a look. Who's better than who? That's something that like, I think Joss Whedon really cared about. And mm-hmm. I think the Russo brothers really cared about when they're having these Avengers even fight each other in these Avengers movies. Like They get who's better than somebody else. Like They got to pay attention a little bit more to that. I don't know what that's about. And um, I don't know. Well, yeah. like I think, yeah, in Avengers – sorry, in Captain America Civil War, I think, it's literally like Hawkeye getting like Wanda and then Vision shows up. Like, you know, Hawkeye's trying to fight Vision. It's like, yeah, there's, there's literally no chance sort of thing. There's a care. There's a, it's careful. It's yeah, exactly. so careful. And they know where their weaknesses are and who can fight who and not have a problem. And I, they just don't get it here. Again, the main villains in this are, again, introduced right away, like are guys in red tracksuits. And they're called the tracksuit mafia, which is just awful. Mm-hmm. They're, they're clearly not very good <laughs> like based on the name. So I just I don't understand. There should no be no issue at all. It's a very again. Clint Barton is an Avenger, but but my my biggest problem with you see Haley Steinfeld fight a lot, and I see she's so good, and some of the choreography is fantastic, and some of it's kind of bland. It kind of reminded me of Black Widow a little bit, and then I just felt mm-hmm. like it was just not. It's weird. It's just nothing's like that Daredevil show. Mm-hmm. I digress. We're going to talk about Hawkeye in more detail later this week, but. Mm-hmm. Again, not a fan of the show, to be honest. Hawkeye uh, with guest star Linda Cardellini, not uh, not amazing. Real quick, uh, rank it. How would you rank it? Uh, this is so fresh because I just saw it. Like there's recency bias in this case. I'm like, I'm not good. I'm not happy with the show. So like I almost like rank it at the end. I'm not Ooh, sure. Wow. Uh, like honestly, you don't like Captain America, Winter Soldier, whatever. Ca- oh, no, what am I talking about? Captain Cap- America, Captain, Captain Falcon, Falcon and the Winter, and the Winter, Winter Man. Yeah, whatever the show's damn damn show is called, but um, I do I don't dislike it. I feel like it's kind of cohesive a little bit more, and I feel like there's less filler because they have less characters. They don't keep introducing people over and over again. But even then, that show de- goes nowhere. If you think about what the concept of it is, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, Falcon has the shield, and he was given the mantle of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the show, as we all know, because there's literally a sh- movie with him as Captain America coming out, he becomes Captain America. So they, they don't really, what, what was the por- purpose? And Hon- yeah, what was the, the that, and that then show you know, very... the villains aren't interesting. So at least if the villains were intriguing, then we could be like, oh, okay, well, the villains were very interesting, but the villains were not good. Well, I, so... I like, um, what's his name? I, I think whatever they set up with, uh, what's his name? Um, 
The grandpa from Up. Baron Zemo? Sorry, who? The grandpa from Up. You know who I'm talking about. What's his name? Grandpa from Up. When he has like the He's in Captain America like thing on, he looks like the grandpa from Up. <laughs> Are you talking about like Russell? Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. What's his first name? Uh, Wyatt Russell. Yeah. Wyatt. Wyatt. Sorry. I was going to say Riley Russell. I don't know who that is. Yeah. It's Wyatt Russell. I, I I really like Wyatt Russell in that show, but yeah, I do agree. Like the rest of the characters are like, yeah, that, that show in general is just inconsequential. It isn't. And that's the biggest problem about it. But ultimately I do like the banter. That's another chemistry show where I love the chemistry. Mm. I also love, honestly, I got to say, I, I've said this before, but Hawkeye's the Christmas theme, the, the Christmas music, the constant Christmas, Christmas at, on it. That is the best part of the show by far. And it really did get me into the Christmas spirit, probably more than anything else that I watched over the last few weeks. I, I, that, I love that so much. That's the best part of that show. I'm so happy that it did a Marvel thing during the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. But um, WandaVision completely doesn't stick the landing at all. It seems that also kind of inconsequential because of how, again, it seems like they ran out of time again. I don't know, but it seems like red herring after red herring. You said this already. Mm-hmm. Loki's the best one. So Loki's number one for sure. The other three... Maybe we'll talk about it on the closer look. I can rank them then. I'll, I'll give some more thought to it and we can <laughs> discuss that. Sounds good. But, okay. Um, yeah, let's move on from what we've been watching. Let's move on to the news, shall we? Uh-uh, Simon. I don't want to. Oh, that's not nice. That's not- Santa says no. Santa says you've been a naughty boy. Not very much in that Christmas spirit, spirit, Adrian, although the Christmas for everybody else has passed because this is airing. You've been a naughty boy. You're on the naughty list, Simon. This is airing that's after. That's why we're not going. Christmas. What? Not on the naughty list. Don't you, you are. dare do that to me. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as followed by publication The Hollywood Reporter, Batman actor Michael Keaton has been cast as Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, in the upcoming Warner Brothers Batgirl film. <gasps> Batgirl is being directed by Bad Boys for Life directors oh. Adil El Arbi and Bilal Farah, with a script written by Birds of Prey screenwriter Christina Hodson. That's good. Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl, is set to be played by the In the Heights actress, Leslie Grace, with Justice League actor J.K. Simmons reprising his role as Barbara's father, Gotham Commissioner Jim Gordon. Michael Keaton is first meant to reprise his role as Batman in the upcoming 2022 premiering standalone The Flash movie directed by IT director Andy Muschietti. As The Hollywood Reporter notes, many believe that Keaton will start appearing in a considerable number of DC Extended Universe films as a sort of Nick Fury type character. Much like Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury in Marvel's Cinematic Universe, Keaton might end up to be a sort of constant that acts as a catalyst for the connection of the DC Films universe. Adrian, what are you thinking about this casting of Michael Keaton and Batgirl? I think this is pretty neat. I think one thing that the DC Films universe needs is a constant, Um, something that kind of keeps them all connected. The universe itself is a little bit of a mess, although I do think, you know, the Suicide Squad that James Gunn came out with is awesome. We all know that Batman v Superman is a good movie. We like, you know, the Justice League stuff, but uh, but the Justice League stuff seems to be kind of left behind by Warner Brothers. I don't think they care about that anymore. They're kind of leaving that Snyderverse away uh, behind it, other than maybe some of the actors. But well, exactly that. Right. Like we still have Ezra Miller. Uh, He's still playing the Flash and, you know, bringing back J.K. Simmons as uh, um, Jim Gordon is great because I think, again, he. I mean, J.K. Simmons is fucking awesome. Isn't like, he? Like, we, we all Honestly, he's yeah. also cast in so many different things. He's so great. I just keep seeing him appear in things. Like, I just watched the movie Klaus. I just talked about that last week, that Christmas mm-hmm. movie. 
And there he was, J.K. Simmons is Klaus. You got friggin' Spider-Man No Way Home. He's literally J. Jonah Jameson, which he's so great in. Mm. And he's in this now. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just keep seeing him pop up everywhere and he's just fantastic. Yeah, he is. And uh, I'm, it makes me very excited to have him back as, uh, you know, Jim Gordon in this. And I don't know, it kind of just goes to show that the, like the Batman uh, movie that's coming out, like that's its own thing. Like they're, they're going to leave that, the Batman stuff alone that Matt Reeves is doing. And, you know, they're going to continue on these like DC stories and probably won't connect that to any of this stuff, which I'm honestly okay with. Um, and they're obviously doing that Gotham show and that uh, Penguin show that's going to connect to the Batman universe. Um, so it's interesting what DC is doing. And I, and I hope they start kind of, you know, putting everything together properly. I think this standalone Flash movie is being used. Uh, I feel like I've said it before as used as like sort of a soft reboot for this DC extended universe. And uh, as long as they do it well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where this is going to go. And um, I don't know, just bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman. It was cool enough to bring him back for the Flash movie. But him now being in this, you know, Batgirl movie is is awesome, dude. Like, I, I'm I'm into this very much. So now correct me if I'm wrong. Is Batgirl supposed to be an HBO Max movie as well? Or is that for sure coming to theaters too? I think it's coming to theaters. I, I don't think yeah. that's that's a little ways out anyway. But yeah. uh, I think that would be theaters for sure. That that would that would draw in uh, people to the theaters, and especially with like how well we're going to talk about this in a second. But how well No Way Home, like Spider Man No Way Home, did mm-hmm. in theaters, I think that HBO and Warner Brothers is probably a little little less worried, especially about superhero fare in theaters. So mm-hmm. um, I I would argue it's definitely in theaters. Like man, if they're gonna put Blue Beetle in theaters, which is a very much a, a lesser known hero, yeah, uh, I'd imagine they're gonna do Batgirl. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, man, I'm I'm into this. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see where DC is gonna go. You know, we are getting um, like the Batman next year, and and the Flash is coming out next year as well. So I guess we'll kind of uh, see relatively soon where this universe is gonna you know take us and. I'm hoping they uh, they stick the landing on like the Hawkeye finale, <laughs> right? Yeah, like uh, the Samuel L. Jackson concept is just fantastic. I, I just uh, they I did read that like months ago when we we talked about the Flash and all that, like with the mm-hmm. Hollywood Reporter kind of trying to like trying to say that it, he's going to be like a Nick Fury type character. That's just so interesting to me, and like they it sets up like a concept of like Batman Beyond, and oh, mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm I'm very intrigued to see if they can pull it together. If they can pull it together, I'd be so happy because I, man, like even seeing like, of course, they announced that Ben Affleck is kind of going to be in the Flash movie. The Flash movie. I almost kind of wish, to be honest, though, that we didn't know that Michael Keaton was going to be in in this movie. It would the be Flash? such or a fantastic in the Flash. Well, we wouldn't know that oh. he was in Batgirl because we wouldn't know he wouldn't know that he's in the in the Flash. But I think that we would have learned oh, yeah, that he's in Batgirl after the Flash because the Flash is coming out in twenty twenty two. So it would be fantastic mm-hmm. if you just was surprised in that. Same with Ben Affleck. I think that that would have been more interesting if if that would have happened. Even because also Michael Keaton wasn't in that first was not in that first DC fandom trailer that they launched uh, recently in like August or October. No, October. Sorry. So yeah. that would have been more interesting. I think that that's the only thing I kind of wish they did. But I, I'm, 
I'm very interested in this film. I think that they've got a lot going for them. And I just, I hope they can stick this, uh, stick the landing of the, what the DC, or not stick the landing. It's a, maybe a different kind of term because they're not finishing it, but like start gluing things together better. Like get that mm-hmm. Gorilla Glue out and start like making sure that things fit and that you can create this universe that people think is cohesive and works together. So it builds itself like the MCU. Yeah. And not like a hokey way that they kind of did before. Um, where they're like, they're kind of not confident in Zack Snyder, so they don't feel like they're going to really connect it kind of thing. I don't want that. Like, you just, just, I don't know, get somebody who can write the ship. But yeah, I don't know of anyone again who's a Kevin Feige like character at Warner Brothers, to be honest, that's running this, that's producing these movies, that really cares about making sure. Greg Erlanti, but in oh, the TV dear. space. I'm just kidding. We it, joked about that last week. Yeah. He's just like, a, you just, He's doing it. It's pretty impressive what he's doing. It's just not good. Yeah, it's not great. I wouldn't say it's not good. Yeah. I would say it's good. It's just not great. I think that he's doing a good job with what he's got. Honestly, like we like the Arrow show. We like the, I think it's the, the budget, honestly, as, part, as a part of it. And the fact that he's got to do 20 episodes per season. Like I think that that aspect, he's got something to work with, but it's like it's harder to, to build that many episodes, honestly, is a tough thing for any show. Mm-hmm. And you don't find that very often. And HBO doesn't do that. To clarify, you don't find that very often anymore. Like it used to be very common. Almost every single network show did 20 episodes. It was a very common thing, but now not so much. So like if he could concisely make his shows and not have to do 20 episodes, even like 16 episodes, 20 episode seasons, I think he could do something even better. But he's got to fill fill it with drama because he doesn't have a choice. I don't know if I really gave him that much credit last episode when we talked about this because i feel like that's a problem too you know what i mean mm-hmm. so I, I i have nothing against the berlanti production stuff like it, it's it's all good it's just he came out with you so which i really love yeah and you is better also because it's got less episodes think about it there's it's yeah. like think about how action-packed that is they don't fill it with that much filler garbage because they don't have time they just have mm-hmm. it's thing after thing that happens that you is an exciting show um, I love that not show. the show about the you, sh- Adrian, but the me Netflix series you with uh, Penn Badgley starring in that. It's a good show. Killer role, as some might say. Ooh. Oh, whoa. Okay, all right. Let's move on. Anyway, I'm excited for this. Me too. Number two, as reported by publication Variety, the John Watts directed Sony Marvel film Spider-Man No Way Home is on track to become the highest grossing film of the pandemic era. <gasps> as of the time of this writing, No Way Home has garnered over $800 million in box office ticket sales and debuted to become the third best box office opening weekend of all time with a $260 million open that sits snugly behind Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. As of December 24th, only the Chinese films The Battle of Lake Shangjin with a $902 million box office haul and High Mom with its $882 million box office total rank ahead of Tom Holland's recent outing as Spider-Man for the years 2020 and 2021. Box office analysts currently predict that Spider-Man No Way Home is on track to surpass $1 billion in box office sales by the end of Christmas Day. As referenced by website Variety, if No Way Home can accomplish this milestone in its 11-day run, it would officially be tied for second as the fastest film to ever hit $1 billion, sitting behind 2019's Avengers Endgame, which achieved this feat in five days. Adrian, what do you make of this? What I make, Simon, is that uh, I'm not really surprised. I feel like everyone knew this was going to happen, and it it just makes it so goddamn impressive that... This is happening during a pandemic. That's what I was going to say. I That's feel- why I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel like, yes. Whoa, whoa. Let's that out. But COVID, Omicron is crazy. So, like, mm-hmm. it's 
this is a feat for sure. This is insane yeah. that they've that they've gotten this many box office ticket sales in this environment. Yeah, they might have surpassed Endgame. That's the crazy thing. If Omicron didn't exist, imagine what they would have done. I agree. Yeah, it would be super interesting. I, I guess we'll never know for sure. But uh, yeah, it's just incredibly impressive that they're again going to be probably the first movie or will be the first movie to pa- surpass one billion dollars uh, during this pandemic and you know, still getting in second place for the fastest film ever to hit $1 billion during the pandemic. It's just a, a crazy feat. And again, I think um, Sony, you know, doubling down and sticking with them. Hey, we're only releasing our movies in theaters. I really like that. And uh, again, they're not doing like the Disney plus sort of premier access BS that you and I both really don't like. Now I've, I, I kind of do feel bad in some cases uh, because, you know, there are people that are, you know, immunocompromised that 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 can't experience this movie in theaters. And, you know, I do feel for them. Um, so I wouldn't be totally opposed to them, like eventually bringing this to streaming or, or sooner rather than later. But again, with this much steam, I don't think they're going to be bringing it to theaters within, you know, at least the next month or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is pretty awesome. I'm very happy about it. I think this movie is amazing. I love Spider-Man No Way Home and it deserves to be, you know, getting this much money in the the, the things that they did with that movie, with the marketing. Um, although, the, again, you and I didn't necessarily love that second trailer initially. Uh, I quite uh, like it now in hindsight. Uh, I think they did a really great job and I'm glad uh, I'm glad it's doing well. This is, this is awesome. It, it feels good that the movie business is doing well. Although here in uh, Canada, I wouldn't be shocked if the theaters close again and I'm going to freaking blow my freaking brains out. No, let's do that. All over the wall. No, Adrian. I'm going to do it. No. Makes me so upset. Anyways, I don't want to talk about that. It really bumps me out. Genuinely bumps me out. Makes me very sad. Yeah. It is sad if they do that. I actually got like, um, I don't know if you did as well. Probably did. I got like a message from from Cineplex. Cineplex. Yeah. Because we're both Cineclub members, which is like that uh, they give you a, a monthly movie for free and they actually mentioned mm-hmm. like not to worry you know we're going to have 50 capacity but uh you'll still keep getting these movies every month and they bank the movies so every free movie you mm-hmm. get is banked almost like an audible credit which i've again i've mentioned yeah. this a couple episodes back and i really appreciate the way they're doing this subscription thing it's very affordable it's like ten dollars a month and you get a free movie every month it's like it yeah. pays for itself because you get other discounts as well but the crazy thing is, is that they said that if they do close down, they're going to stop giving these credits out, and yeah, stop, which kind stop of, charging you. Which I was yeah, like, yeah, what, what, why? I want, I want to keep paying you, no problem. Like, yeah, me too. keep charging me. I'm good with it. But I, they didn't want people to cancel. I think so. They're they they must have made a cost benefit analysis of of how many people might yeah. cancel this thing. But the fact that the you bank movies should mean that you really, I don't know, let people kind of decide for themselves. It's too bad. I would have just liked mm-hmm. to keep banking movies, pay ten dollars a month for as long as possible, and then go to see five movies in a row. We would have done like triple yeah. features, but oh well, quadruple features, quintuple features. Yeah, like the cool thing too is you get. I think I don't know if you can buy more than one movie for free. I'm not sure how that works, but I think you probably can. I would just buy one for me and my girlfriend when we go see something next. Like we really want to see Nightmare Alley, so like that would be mm-hmm. cool if they just allowed us to do that. But yeah. it is really, again, very responsible of them to do that, which I appreciate the the good moves that Cineplex has been making. But uh, yeah, it's a good, it's again, it's a good subscription. So if you haven't got on mm. that, it might be worth 
looking into to see if you go to the movies once a month, it's a pretty great deal. One movie a month you get yeah. for free for $10. And the movies are more like $12 for a ticket anyway. Any- ticket anyways, yeah. Anyways, it's, uh, I digress. We don't work for Cineplex. <laughs> but uh, I, I really um, – I'm again, I'm impressed with this. Sorry to interrupt you with the whoa, whoa, whoa at the beginning. I shall let you just finish. But uh, yeah, I, I just – I'm so impressed that they've done this with the pandemic. I just think that right now, especially with on- what Ontario is going through – and uh, the rest of the world, again, in the United States, is crazy how many cases there are with Omicron. And this is nuts that they've done this. It's so impressive. So that's, that's all I wanted to say about that. But uh, yeah. directly related to this, number three, as reported in an exclusive article by The Hollywood Reporter, Sony and Marvel are specifically looking at promoting Spider-Man No Way Home as an Academy Awards Best Picture contender. With the incredible box office success of the new Spider-Man movie, many are referring to it as a savior to the theatrical experience at a time when COVID has repeatedly shuttered theater venues due to safety concerns. According to Sony Motion Pictures Group Chairman Tom Rothman, Spider-Man producer Amy Pascal, and Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige, Spider-Man No Way Home deserves Oscars recognition not only for its contribution to reviving the theatrical experience, but also due to its incredible emotional storytelling and its ability to culminate years of Spider-Man movies into a cohesive and enthralling end to the Homecoming trilogy. The three producers argue that just because a movie is a big-budget blockbuster doesn't mean that it's not worthy of Academy Awards recognition. Tom Rothman points out that he founded arthouse production studio Fox Searchlight back in 1994, which specifically has launched many an Oscar contender over the years, including recent Best Picture winners Shape of Water and Nomadland, and that he simply values great film storytelling from all genres and all budgets. In reference to watching certain big-budget spectacles on the big screen in the presence of a packed theater, Kevin Feige stated, quote, It's a good thing when people are in a theater and they stand up and cheer. It's a good thing when people are wiping tears because they're thinking back on their last 20 years of moviegoing and what it has meant to them. That, to me, is a very good thing. The sort of thing the Academy was founded on back in the day to recognize, unquote. Adrian, this is pretty interesting. They're, they're going hard mm. on this concept. They think they're going to start this campaign right about now, I guess, to get this movie yeah. recognized by the Academy. Um, it's kind of a neat idea. What do you think about this concept of this being an Oscars contender? Um, I like, I have a few thoughts on it. Um, I think I'll just start off Tom Rothman. Um, kudos to that guy. I really like his statement. Um, and just like kind of him talking about how, yeah, like any budget, any sort of spectacle, whatever, Deserves to be recognized. I did paraphrase. Uh, so I did paraphrase. But the, if you read that article, I feel like you get a better guess of his quotes. Lines. But yeah, it's it's very close to along yeah. those lines. I tried to put it in a in a statement there. But well, you did, I think you did a good job, Simon. Oh, thanks. No worries. And uh, you know, I, I respect that. Um, on the topic of it deserving to be nominated for Best Picture, I mean, if Black Panther got nominated, hell yeah, I think Spider Man No Way Home should um, or could. And on top of that as well. I want to see the world melt. <laughs> I want to see all these people bitching about this being nominated for Best Picture. I would just love to see it. I feel like people would just throw a temper tantrum online. I think some people would be like, hell yeah, this is awesome. And then a bunch of people would be like, this is ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, when's, uh, when's Scorsese's next press tour? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I just, I would love to see that just for shits and giggles, honestly. Um, but again, I think, yeah, the points made are uh, are good. I think what Tom Rothman said and you know, even Kevin Feige's, uh, you know, statement as well, 
I think it's totally fair for this to get that nod. Not only, again, did it revitalize the theater industry, um, at least, you know, here in like Canada and the States, and, you know, it's, it's absolutely crushing it, but there are very few movies that make you experience what I experienced during that, you know, viewing in theaters. I think best picture, it's all kind of relative. You know, you can, you can argue like what, what does a best picture need? And I think a lot of that can be uh, related to how it made you feel like how a movie made you feel. And I'll tell you right now that I can't think of a single movie that made me feel so many emotions and such a, such a little amount of time. And that made me feel so nostalgic and happy and sad and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, although Spider-Man No Way Home isn't, I don't know, it might actually be my favorite movie of the year. I, I don't know for sure. I think, uh, yeah, I, I can see it being a best picture contender, not necessarily that it deserves to win, but I don't see why it can't be nominated for it. What do you think, Simon? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's definitely, the movie's amazing, and I think it's amazing in different ways. And we're kind of, I think I'm trained to think that a movie like The Irishman can kind of win Best Picture, but a movie like, uh, I don't know. It's a, Endgame or whatever. Homecoming can't win it. Or Endgame can't, Endgame is a great example. Endgame can't win. But why? I, I don't know. I don't exactly know why when Endgame is so magical in the way that it's designed. And, and it is masterfully done, honestly, because how do you bring that many characters into a film and make it feel compelling? So I think that that's a there's a feat there that's incredible and yes the budget is massively different and it's a different kind of thing. There's there's maybe a question maybe about uh sequels and whether a sequel should win maybe and that you maybe need the context to understand it as the academy um voting on these movies. Maybe that's a question. But then again yeah. in that same article Kevin Feige and Tom Rothman bring up Return of the King which is a genre film as well that normally mm-hmm. wouldn't win. And Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King won Best Picture. So why can't this win Best Picture based on its its incredible storytelling as they yeah. those three producers mentioned? So I think that- Or even like, um, sorry, like, sorry to interrupt, but even like a film like Avatar, like Avatar was nominated for Best Picture Ridiculous. as well. Yeah. yeah and people thought that would win, by the way. Thank goodness Hurt Locker won that year. But that, yeah, yeah. like it's ridiculous. <laughs> that would, that one is not good though. That, and that move, that plot is not original. And at least this movie has some original kind of storytelling. Think about, I guess if you're looking at animated films, I mean, into the spider verse, one best animated film. And it's that's true. Yeah. A kind of a concept that's not exactly the same, but it's, it, it is in some way similar. And I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. I, I think that it should be nominated. Should it win? I don't know. But I think because we're wired differently and we like both types of films. We like movies like uh, like this, obviously, all of the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. We like the DC films. I'm probably most excited about the Batman because it's so close. And uh, man, I'm so excited about, uh, for that movie. And um, I don't know. It, it's like The Dark Knight, I feel like should have been nominated for Best Picture, but it wasn't. It just wasn't. Yeah. And I think it could have won. It's an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different a little darker but it's uh yeah i i want it to be nominated is is the, is the thing and and uh scorsese martin scorsese's next film that he's going to be on press tour for is killers of the flower moon moon and i'm going to be first in line to watch that too so like i'm again i'm in it for all of these and i just uh i think that if you can revive the box office like this with this film you should be giving it the credit you deserve you can write revitalize and they say this in that article too it's not about revitalizing the Oscars, but you can revitalize the Oscars by making it relevant like this with a blockbuster mm-hmm. like this 
as its kind of headliner. And uh, did you read that whole article, by the way? Yeah, that uh, Tom Holland was like, yeah, uh, like wanting to host the Oscars. He's like, fuck yeah, I would host the Oscars or something along those lines. Yeah, it's interesting. The interviewer asks a question of whether he would, and he says initially, no. I thought that that was so interesting that he says, no, mm. I, I can't. I don't have the time. I'm, I'm looking to make the – I can't remember the name of the show now. We talked about it before. But it's an Apple TV Plus show that he's about to start filming, but he's also on a press mm-hmm. tour for Uncharted. And he doesn't have the time. And then he, he – the interview ends. It's like a two-hour interview or whatever. He, it ends on the phone. It's a phone interview. And he calls the guy right back and he says, I just went to the bathroom, looked in the mirror and said, what am I a freaking idiot? I literally just said that I wouldn't host the Oscars. Of course I would host the Oscars. And I thought that mm-hmm. that was really funny because I don't know. He, he's a, I like Tom Holland a lot, honestly. I Me think too. that he does a great- he's a charismatic guy. Yeah. I, I think we, got, we, we said some things back, like we were kind of thinking he was saying some foolish things about Uncharted. He said some foolish things about not you know wanting to do any more Spider-Man films mm-hmm. or he was unsure, but I do appreciate- his role and the movies he's been in and his, his performances. And he's a dancer, I think. Uh, he was a dancer from a young age. So the concept of starting and hosting a show like the Oscars, kind of like the way Hugh Jackman kind of did the beginning performance, I think that would be very, very interesting. I think Hugh Jackman might mm. be my favorite host. It's a weird thing to say maybe, but I thought he did such a good job. And I think that it would be really cool. And they talked about maybe having Zendaya host the Oscars. Let's just mention for a second, the choice to not – have a host for the Oscars is idiotic. And I hope that it's they stupid. don't do this. Don't do this again. Please don't do this. It's not good. And having a headliner is way better than not having one. And to have Tom Holland, you can kind of bring in maybe multiple generations to watch the Oscars. I, I know that Tom Holland might be actually too busy and they might not be able to get him, but it would be nice to have somebody who, you know, Again, like, I don't know, maybe even like a Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he's very busy too. But like, it would be cool to have somebody that would really bring in multiple generations of of, of audience mm-hmm. members to watch it and not just the old crowd that only maybe watches the really cool art house films like Nomadland or Shape of Water. But again, bring mm-hmm. bring everyone together. These blockbusters are relevant too. So I don't know. This whole thing is... Uh, yeah, it's like some sort of superiority complex. It is a little silly. It is silly also yeah. that, again, the, the lack of host thing has been stupid every time they've done it. And they've done it, what, th- for three years? I think so. Kevin Hart just had to ruin it by making gay jokes in the past or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. And that was a cra- so dumb because he, he- That was dumb as fuck. He dreamed of being the host and they just kind of completely alienated him, alienated him from wanting to do it, which is just so dumb. Again, just hire a host, please. <laughs> please. Again, it's you'll like, sell it, more. You'll se- just have more people watch it. That's what you want, right? It's just, yeah, it's it's silly. I mean, like one of the biggest guys in like the movie industry for however many years raped how many women? Like, And like Kevin Hart makes a gay joke and he can't host the Oscars. It's like, fuck off. You know? yeah. Well, no, they, they were asking him to, to apologize. He didn't want to, but it, like- that shouldn't be a requirement because he just made a stupid joke. So just kind of get over it. But anyway, I don't know. It's all ridiculous. But, uh, but it's not It's not all ridiculous. But in general with the Oscars, like again, hire a host. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Can it be nominated? Yes. Heck yes. I think that these guys have a really good point. And it's, a, it's worth it honestly to read that article. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of good movies that are genre based, like superhero films that are out there. And there's a lot of good movies that are not. 
And there's a lot of bad movies that are superhero films. And there's also a lot of bad movies that are Art Hills films. Like you have like a mm-hmm. good selection of everything. And Benedict Cumberbatch on the, the press tour for, I think it may even be on the red carpet, but he was actually, I don't think it was even prompted. He unprompted basically talked about how there's a place for everything. And the fact that this was re- going to probably revitalize the theater industry is amazing. And that this movie is amazing, Spider-Man No Way Home, but so is Power of the Dog. And he's in both. And Power of the Dog is probably, well, I think it's definitely going to be nominated for Best Picture. And his performance probably mm-hmm. is going to get nominated for Best Actor because he's amazing. And he's willing to do both. And it doesn't matter to him. He's doing every possible movie. And he, does, he has an even slate of both types of films. He's the star of, again, Multiverse uh, of Madness. And he's obviously mm-hmm. the star of this film. And, he's, and the, he was the star of that Louis, Louis, Louis Wayne movie this year. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's the year of Benedict Cumberbatch in a lot of ways. It's a year of a lot of people this year. I know. There's a lot of the same kind of recurring actors that all their movies yeah. kind of just launched all at once. Yeah. Um, real real quick aside, did you see that little like uh, – I, I think it happened a while ago, but it's uh, Harrison Ford and Benedict Cumberbatch. They're on like some sort of talk show. No. And Harrison Ford tells Benedict Cumberbatch like, oh, man, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Like I thought you were awesome in Sherlock. And Benedict Cumberbatch is like, oh, oh my God. Like yeah. sorry, this is, this is a moment for me. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really, it's really cute. It's cool yeah. how humble he is. And like I watched the – there was like an interview – again, spoiler free if you want to watch it and you haven't seen Spider-Man. But if you watch the like Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, there's an interview with Zendaya's there, Jacob Batalon, who's also in Spider-Man like as um, the man in the chair. Sorry. Um, Ned. Ned. Jeez. And then, of course, uh, Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch. And Jimmy Kimmel asks like – you, you, they must look up to you. I mean, you've got an amazing pedigree behind you, like of movies, of films, and, and and TV series. That you're just amazing in everything. You're one of the be- best actors of today. Mm-hmm. And Benedict Cumberbatch just like kind of looks looks down. He's kind of he's just he's again very humble. And Jimmy Kimmel's question was, "Do you find that they look up to you?" And his answer was, "He looks up to them, the kids he's, who's sitting uh-huh. in front of him." with Tom Holland and Zendaya and uh, Jacob Batalon because they're so optimistic and they're so great on set to work with. And there's just the future generation of acting. And it's like, wow, what a humble thing to say. It's like, he is really one of the best actors around right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. He, again, that defense of Marvel movies in that interview on the red carpet and the defense of, again, it's just so interesting. His answers, he, I, I do really respect him a lot. But uh, anyways, he's also amazing in The Power of the Dog. So if you have a chance to watch that on Netflix, it's worth watching if you're into Westerns. Anyways, Adrian, I think that's about that time. I think it's about that time. Oh, what time is it, Simon? Oh, it's it's time to move 8:57 on. 8.57 p.m.? Sorry, what? 8.57 p.m.? Oh, yeah, in our time. But not in the audience's yeah. time, probably. So that's a little weird because we're time traveling, Adrian. It's true. It's 8.57 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Santa Claus is... Just gearing up. Actually, he's probably already flying because I feel like he's got a he's gonna come. time zone. Oh, don't, don't. No, I don't think he should come. <laughs> I feel like everyone should come when, whenever they feel like it. To places, to like locations, to walk to locations. Maybe in a sleigh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I agree with you. That was a really weird thing. That... Also ejaculate. Okay. That's, yeah, that's what I was trying to avoid. I was trying to get out of that. You kind of went back into it. Anyways, what I was saying, the time Just is- like Santa. Santa, sorry, what about Santa? Because you said like, just like, like I was trying to get out of that and then like. You kind of went back in? You went back into it. And like, just like Santa. Getting into. Mrs. Claus's pants. Oh, it was a sex joke. My mistake. It was. Yeah, it's- I thought it was, but I thought you would maybe reel it back in. 
No. Not no, into we've been through this. Not into I don't... Mrs. Claus's <laughs> pants. Anyways, moving on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as announced by a John Wick Chapter 4 teaser trailer, the upcoming Keanu Reeves starring action film has now been pushed back to a new March 24th, 2023 release date. This is a, a little bit annoying because I think production already ended a while ago. It's like, why are we moving this so far back? It's, it's frustrating. I want to watch this goddamn movie. Yeah, it must be something to do with like the, the rest of the lineup yeah. or the studio. Anyway, number two, as Variety reports, the Donald Glover created TV series Atlanta will see its third season debut on Network FX on March 24th, 2022 with a 10 episode run. Oh, right on. I still got to watch season two. Number three, According to Variety, Flashdance actor Jennifer Beals has been cast as a Twi'lek in the Disney Plus December 29th premiering Star Wars series The Book of Boba Fett. But due to Disney's inclination towards secrecy, Beals was uncertain what iteration of Star Wars she was being featured in until she began the filming process. That's a weird one, um, but fair enough, I guess. I don't know. It's, like, it's interesting that Disney is so secretive. You wouldn't even just tell the person what they're in, but fair enough. Number four. In an interview with Empire Online, Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow specified that his June 10th, 2022 premiering film Jurassic World Dominion will feature both the original Legacy Jurassic Park cast and the new Jurassic World cast members in equal portion from a screen time perspective. In other words, Jurassic Park actors Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum will have their screen time balanced with Jurassic World actors Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm a goddamn pig in shit with this news. This makes me so excited. <laughs> excited. I can't fucking wait for this. I cannot wait for this. Oh my God. Uh, this makes me so happy. Number five. According to publication Empire Online, the Batman director Matt Reeves' version of Bruce Wayne was inspired by Nirvana. 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 By Nirvana. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Mario Mario, my friend. Mario Mario. <laughs> The Batman's version of Bruce Wayne was inspired by Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain. As opposed to the billionaire playboy version of Bruce Wayne that we've often seen in most big screen adaptations, Reeves' version of Bruce Wayne will be more of a billionaire recluse living in a decaying Wayne Manor. Ooh, I really like this as an idea. Seems interesting. Keep it different. Keep it fresh. And that concludes the montage. <laughs> Montage. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah, no, that is very interesting. I'm so excited for the Batman. And apparently, apparently the reason why initially Reeves kind of went that direction um, is because, specifically because he was listening to Nirvana while he was writing the movie. Oh. And he kind of just, the, the idea kind of came to him as he was listening to Something in the Way. And Something in the Way, the Nirvana song from like the Nevermind album was actually featured twice. It's featured in both trailers, like the teaser and the trailer, mm -hmm. which is uh, it was just really quite poetic if you think about it. Because again, that's the kind of the feel he went for. He saw Robert Pattinson in which a movie. Honestly, I gotta see. I don't know what I'm thinking because I really loved Uncut Gems. But he saw him in Good Time, and uh, yeah, I, gotta, I still gotta watch Good Time as well. Yeah, like this is a Safdie brothers directed movie, and I wonder if that's on Netflix. I think it was last time I checked. It was last time I checked as well. But he saw him in that movie and he got this feeling that um, Robert Pattinson could pull off this idea of like being this, this powerful person, but also kind of in the body of somebody who is kind of almost like an introvert, like it's closed off kind of thing. Like again, Kurt Cobain's 
kind of vibe was the idea that he's this incredible frontman of a band that was just unbelievably well regarded, and he was also kind of like a very private person kind of idea. That that that's what they were going to mm-hmm. go for, and that's what he's going for in this film. And I think that that's a really cool take. And apparently, Pattinson was in the same kind of interview with Empire, and they kind of got the vibe that, uh, based on what Pattinson was saying. He's a, this Bruce Wayne is not one to have Lucius Fox. He's one to build the stuff in the Batcave with Alfred. He's building the equipment that he's using and he's just getting beaten up every day. And he's, even Alfred thinks he's kind of insane. So I, I, that mm-hmm. whole, that, that whole vibe is like, I'm, I'm down for that. Cause it's something we haven't really kind of seen. Cause it's the first two years of Batman in action is what they're following in that movie. Yeah. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Me too. Me too. Real quick, Good Time is still on Netflix, Simon, here in Canada at least, but only until January the 19th. Oh shit, eh? We got a limited time. Where is it going to go, I wonder? Yeah, I have no clue. Maybe Crave, maybe Amazon, maybe Disney Plus. I don't know, Adrian. But not on Star, just regular Disney Plus. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that movie's rated R. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. All right, Adrian. All right, my friend, what do you got for me? Simon, I got very few. New releases for you. Mm. I have very few very montage, good. by the way. Uh, we normally do 10. The reason why there's very few has got to be because it's Christmas time. And I just, yeah, no there wasn't stories. enough there that I was going to just make random stories seem interesting. So I just kind of settled on five. But anyways, what are those new releases that are coming out this week, Adrian? What are those new releases? Oh, Simon. So this is for the week of December the 27th till January the 2nd. And the first movie coming out is a movie called Who is Amos Otis? And that's coming out on Tuesday, December the 28th. This is confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. And this is a video on demand movie. It's about a man who is on trial for killing the president. His defense, though? self-defense oh now he must convince the jury that he's saved america for doing this hmm hmm interesting yeah seems like a cool premise but uh yeah anyways next movie coming out is uh coming out on thursday december the 30th and this movie is called hilda and the mountain king this is a netflix original feature length animated film continuing the adventures of hilda a young girl who goes on wild adventures there's a series called Hilda on Netflix. Oh. Two seasons. Um, it's a kid's show. I actually watched the first season, if I recall correctly. It's actually really good. And there's some like really good music um, in that show. That's actually how I found a band called uh, Kishibashi. Oh. Which I'm a huge fan of. Cool. Um, some like actually great music. And it's a good kid's show. It's uh, meant for like very young audiences, but there's like enough there that kept my attention. I was like, you know, I just want something lighthearted and nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, my pal, our mutual friend, Peter, um, he actually loves Hilda. Like he's watched both seasons. And I, I don't know if he knows this movie's coming out, but if I told him, I'm sure he'd be excited. Oh, he doesn't listen to the podcast. I take it. I don't think so. It's fine. He doesn't listen to any podcast, though. That's fine. All right. It's, it's fine. Yeah. To be fair. He sucks. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure. That I, was an interesting statement of, to be fair, because I wasn't sure if that was the end of a sentence or the beginning of one. I was like, am I waiting for you to finish that sentence or have you finished the previous sentence? To be honest, I didn't know when oh. I said that. I didn't know. You don't think he sucks. You love him. Yeah, I love I, I love You'll never hear this him. love letter, but no. I love you, Peter. Anyways, the next two movies that are coming out and the final two movies are coming out on Friday, December the 31st. That is New Year's Eveth. And the first one is a movie called The Lost Daughter. It's a Netflix original movie, and it's about a woman's 
vacation that takes a turn when she becomes obsessed with a young mother, which causes her to remember some bad stuff, Simon. Ooh. Yeah. Olivia Coleman is the main actor in this movie. Oh. And next up is a movie called Seal Team. It's a Netflix original movie. It's about a group of seals that are going to group up and beat the living shit out of some sharks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's more nuance to it, but uh, that's what I took from it. Now, funny thing about this movie, Simon. Yeah. The SEAL Team movie. Yeah. Guess who's in it? It stars... Hmm. J.K. Simmons. I'm just going to tell you. J.K. Oh. Simmons in this movie. Yeah. I was going to say that it was... Um... Dolph Lundgren? Do- no. Is that... He's, he's also in this movie. Okay, I was wondering, like, that's very specific. That must mean that he's in the movie. No, I was going to yeah. say that... Um, Sh- Charlto Copley? No, also great. The, the star from District 9? He's in it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I was going to say Jake it's, it's actually written by Raphael uh, Bob Waxberg, but it's not. It's I don't think it is. Unless it is, and then you're going to tell me that, but... No. Who, who wrote Bojack Horseman? Because he just... Uh, Bojack Horseman is... A very, very sad comedy that is also just a bunch of animal puns. So calling it SEAL Team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Is Patton Oswalt in it? Because I feel like he was one of the SEALs. He was, Yeah, he was actually a SEAL in, in that show. Yeah, anyway. He's on it. But yeah, J.K. Simmons being in this movie. He's in everything. He's in literally everything. He was in... Um, he's in a lot. He's in a lot. And it's not like a. he's in a lot like Nicolas Cage is in a lot. Like he's in a lot and he's always amazing. Yeah. You you kind of question it with Nicolas Cage, like either Nicolas Cage is amazing or he's not great. And uh, did we did we talk about that new Nicolas Cage movie coming out with Pedro Pascal? Oh, we didn't. The trailer for that, that launched. Looks- I don't know when that launched. Was it last week? I'm not sure. I don't remember. But it's uh, what's it called now? It's called like the unbearable weight of massive talent, right? And it's about Nicolas Cage, so it's actually Nicolas yeah. Cage playing Nicolas Cage in a very like meta kind of way yeah and pedro pascal's in it and he plays like some super fan of nicholas cage i know and, it looks uh, so good yeah. and it looks like almost like a mm-hmm. buddy movie like a buddy drama drama comedy thing or yeah. more of a comedy I'm, I'm assuming oh yeah but it looks great it looks great yeah, watch that trailer it's worth watching it looks it looks absolutely bananas it looks in ridiculous all the right ways yeah. yeah all right adrian anything else coming out no that's it that's all baby that's it that's all oh i thought this episode was going to be shorter than it was but it uh we actually kind of I don't know. We always find something to talk about, you and I. We just miss each other week on week because, again, we don't talk outside of this podcast. So I guess that's what – Never have, never will. That's what it is. But um, yeah. anyway, Adrian, I hope you have a happy Christmas. And um, I hope our audience has had a good holiday over the last little bit. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, the Christmas has passed for them. But uh, – and I hope everybody, everybody has a happy New Year as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like this episode's going to air and then – the new year will hit and then our next episode where right after the new year i think their next episode mm-hmm. this is the last episode that means i believe unless i'm miscalculating no, you're right yeah you're right this is the last episode of 2021 crazy mm-hmm. crazy stuff but uh, adrian do you have anything to add before we wrap the last episode of 2021 up no simon i i just want to say it's been a fun year recording all these episodes with you here's to maybe another year of this i'm down because I, I would i would prefer to continue talking to you throughout my life yeah no actually adrian this is it this is the last episode and so uh goodbye oh, no. uh thank i was nice knowing you all right see you guys take care bye 
Come on, Adrian. Come on. You got to This is the third chance. This was like, you know, the rule of threes. I thought you would reel it back in. I am not I, leaving. I ain't reeling shit. No. I ain't reeling shit, it's a joke. Simon. I'm joking. It's I'm, not my you're supposed job. supposed to say, hey, don't go. Don't, no, I thought I thought we are going on for no. another few years. Okay. You're the reeler. I, I know. And I tried it, but I try, I'm trying to train it into you. I'm trying to train in the concept the, that you could potentially also be a little bit more of the straight man. I'm the fish. And uh, not just be the, the goofball. I'm the goofball, Simon. Nonsense. I'm the fish. Maniac kind of guy. You put you put the hook in, I'm the fish, I bite the hook, and you got to reel me in. All right. All right. That's how it works. You're the fisherman. It's fair. And I'm the carp. Uh, okay. I'm the catfish. Meow. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. That was fucking stupid, Jesus Christ. Yeah, pretty pretty ridiculous. And uh, I don't have much else to say. So I hope that our audience, if possible, could subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And otherwise, thank you for listening to the 78th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Edie, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey, gang. It is I signing off. And uh, we talked about the Batman quite a few times, which, again, both Simon and I are quite excited for, Simon especially. But let's not forget the true Batman movie. Linda Cardellini. The best one around. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Linda Cardellini. With special guest star, Linda Cardellini. But, yeah, Batman v Superman, Ultimate Edition with best, special guest star Linda Cardellini is a good movie. And you know what else is a good movie, Simon? Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon Town. Oh, God. You're going to do that for the last episode of 2021? Yeah, I got, this, this is staying. This is a running bit. I ain't taking it out. Well, at least, at least you're just considering it a bit. I, I really like that movie, actually. Okay. Like, I really do. I think that movie's awesome. I loved it. All right. Might be my favorite movie of the year. Who knows? Oh, Jesus. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye.